0: Are recording. So everybody, whether you're questioning, you've just started to question, or you're all the way to the other end of the spectrum where you have left the organization known as the Church of Cheese and Rice and Rattleday Snakes. Uh, otherwise, the Mormons. Welcome to Mormon Talk, episode fifty, Dave.
1: Fifty. Fifty. Ah, that's too high of a number.
0: Five zero. Uh, who?
1: For instance, who who is 50 years old that you know? I uh, well um, uh, uh,
0: four four days from now I'll turn 50.
1: I um, just had the words of turn the page come into my mind. Ah. From I, Bob Seeger, yes, turn the page. Right. Yeah. That's um, all you're doing, you just turn in a page in the book of life.
0: Yes. Exclusive inclusivity, which is bound to spawn the common reaction in our podcast episodes of, quote, what the fuck are you guys talking about? Unquote. And you may ask that at the end of episodes, too.
1: (laughs) Oh, I hope not. Who
0: knows? We'll tell you what we're talking about. By the way, I'll be
1: the one to to explain we went through two hours, wasn't it? Hour and a half, two Te- hours. Technical of shit. Trying to get this thing to work over my computer, which I just got fixed. Yeah. Ah, it's yeah. fixed. And mm. it doesn't work. So anyway, yeah. uh, we're over my phone again today. I apologize yes. for that. I hope you can make sense out of what's coming across the airwaves. Yeah, Dave
0: back on his phone today. We'll figure it out. So, Dave, let's shoot it off the the bow here, as it were, with a little bit of LDS Church in the news. news. So, this from News Channel 21, KTVZ.com. Mormon Church delivers stinging rebuke to BYU students with letters stating homosexual behavior is, quote, not compatible, unquote, with its principles. (laughs) (laughs) what did i say last week what did i say you dumb shit byu students first of all you shouldn't be going there if you're lgbtq because that's not compatible with church teachings secondly really you thought the college was coming out and embracing it i think you got confused so let's be a little clear says the church Uh, Let me read some little snippets. Just two weeks ago, LGBTQ students at Brigham Young University were cheering after the school deleted a section in its honor code that banned, quote, homosexual behavior, unquote. But on Wednesday, the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints poured cold water on their celebrations after it clarified that same-sex romantic behavior is still, quote, not compatible with BYU's principles. Imagine that shocker. Mm. What a shocker. It's kind of like going to the Y and expecting them to take out the policy of, you know, we don't allow students that attend here to do hard drugs, right? Like, it's not going to disappear, guys. It doesn't matter if they change some words. This is the last thing I'll say on that. This is kind of funny. (laughs) When asked why students were told by school staff that they would no longer be disciplined for romantic behavior with same-sex partners, BYU officials told the Salt Lake Tribune that their, quote, May have been some miscommunication. Unquote.
1: <laughs> you think?
0: <laughs> I love it. All right, Dave. That's going to uh, that's going to propel us with with flapping g-force cheekages into <laughs> into the, <laughs> into, the <laughs> into the next segment which is one of my favorites. We have to call this
1: For Your Information. information. It's information. Oh, by the way, the church is in formation. It's still being restored. Now, I'm going to play a little game Uh with our first uh, item here. And that is, I will give you the date and then I want you to tell me what the event was. Oh. We're in eighteen ninety-three. Oh. Okay. And it's April sixth. Come on now. Search. Mm. Well. Search deep.
0: formation date of the church. Uh, somehow associated with the first vision sometimes.
1: Okay. Eighteen wow, three. Mm-mm.
2: Dun, ding dong, dong,
1: <laughs> ding, ding dong,
0: la <laughs> la 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 la. I'm gonna
1: spill the beans here. I don't know.
0: April 6th.
1: Yes. Wilford Woodruff dedicates Salt Lake Temple. Okay. All right. Forty years after the cornerstone laying, its largest LDS temple ever built, mm-hmm. and it goes into a whole bunch of details. And then at the end of the description, James E. Talmage notes, there were no strange or bewildering manifestations of supernatural agencies during the service, but the power of God was there and the entire assembly felt it. And how do you know that, James? Did you ask them? Well, uh, was it a communal thing or what the fuck? So, yeah, no, that's significant. Mm -hmm. in uh, LDS church history. So, anyway. Of course. June 7th, and this will introduce the subject of our podcast today, in part. Francis M. Lyman and his plural wife, uh uh-oh, plural Ah. wife, Susan Callister Lyman, are first persons to receive their second anointings in the Salt Lake Temple's Holy of Holies. Holy, holy, holy! Shit, what's going on in the holy holies? So, so they're the first ones, folks. Uh, it, at least yeah. in this recorded, at least history.
0: in the temp- in the Salt Lake Temple, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, uh, and that's not true. Yeah, but well, never whatever. mind. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, what's the history, uh, Michael? Uh, Joseph introduced the idea of washings <laughs> and anointings back in Kirtland. Correct. September eleventh, another one of our favorite dates. World Parliament of Religions refuses to admit LDS delegates. Oh. Ooh, what a slap in the face that oh. is. Oh. Wow. Okay. October twentieth, first president C and Quorum of the Twelve agree to bribe Utah's non LDS <laughs> Attorney General. To prevent indictment of general authorities for unlawful cohabitation. You mean they were still doing so polygamy?
0: Still, oh. my, it's still going on, and even the bribery. after the
1: manifesto. Yeah, and the bribery. Uh,
0: that's a common thing. Yeah.
1: yeah. Love it. But I guess, you know, tithing funds are sacred. <laughs> so let's make sure we use them wisely. November 29th, President Wilford Woodruff and George Q. Cannon meet with three apostles and James E. Talmage, and they say the following, that there will also be daughters of perdition. Oh, God! There good. is no doubt in the minds of the brethren. So the the term is sons of perdition mm-hmm. from the biblical source. Is
0: that biblical?
1: Yeah, I think it is. Or is that or is that? Yeah. yeah. And certainly a part of LDS theology mm-hmm. that those that are not Worthy of a an inheritance in the three kingdoms, mm-hmm. whether telestial, terrestrial, or celestial, with its three layered cake, uh, <laughs> end up with Satan and his minions in a place where there's no light. Yeah, yeah. And so, so it's a great it's the, great to think <laughs> of this, Dave. Because we can't leave the sisters out because yeah. they're always bitching about not being a part of our <laughs> thing here. So. No, you get to be daughters of (laughs) perdition.
0: Yeah, you know, think of it this way, and this is a warm and fuzzy way, I think. God gave the opportunity to his daughters to to hate them just as much as his sons. Now they're equally hated and tortured. Yes. Oh,
1: beautiful. Yes, it's equality. That is so much like the omni-loving God that I want to worship. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm with you. Okay, end of that year. First presidency in 12 decide that garments worn under clothing should be white.
0: Oh, they weren't white before then.
1: Well, let me give you a further description. This is the first departure of Utah temple garment from contemporary and in quotes union suit, which comes in various colors. (laughs) Oh, Okay. We're going to go into 1894 for just a minute. George Q. Cannon comments on the ambiguity existing in our printed works concerning the nature or character of the Holy Ghost and expressed his opinion that the Holy Ghost was in reality a person. Now check this. However, the presidency deemed it wise to say as little as possible on this and on other disputed subjects. So, since we don't know anything about this shit, <laughs> let's not talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's
0: hilarious. Do you hilarious. see how damning
1: that is? Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. It, well, and I mean, what's funny again is like if you look back to Joseph Smith's teachings, what Joseph Smith taught, hello, right? Founder of the religion, guy who's supposed to have received all this directly from God has direct revelations on a routine basis, yada, yada, yada. And then you see this progression of the Church pretty much immediately after his death, in some cases with doctrines and things, where they Mm -hmm. completely ignored his teachings and, like, number one, acted like there was no answer to it, right? Like, did you forget what Joseph said? Or number two they knew what he said and, and acknowledged it, but they they still presented a different angle anyway, right? Like, like they were taking creative license on what Joseph Smith had, had quote-unquote revealed, right? And there could literally be an episode worth of, of content where we could give an example of, here's what Joseph taught about this, this is what the Church teaches today, right? Like there's dozens of these things. He was really clear about the nature of the Holy Ghost and the Godhead. He actually described it.
1: Right. And, and and we're going yet, to see an example yeah. of that in our subject matter today. We are. Where the early teachings of Joseph Smith concerning uh, the second comforter and so forth were, again, changed, added upon, twisted, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever. I, yeah. got, I got to throw in one more here. Okay. April 9th, and we all know this song, Oh, My Father... Uh President Wilford Woodruff tells General Conference about that song, that that hymn is a revelation, Uh, although it was given unto us by a woman. (laughs) What? So again, the denigration of woman, it's a revelation. I don't know how it happened. She's not an apostle. She wasn't (laughs) ordained, but God damn it. She got a a revelation through that song and she's a woman. Kind of pisses me off, but you know. Next thing you know. Let me tack on one more. Uh Same month, that year, the juvenile instructor publishes a hymn, Our Mother in Heaven, Uh which is phrased as a prayer to the goddess. Oh, Uh -oh. my God, they're going south fast. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So it didn't make it into the hymn book, Hmm. but it was in the juvenile instructor, which became the... uh, the,
0: the
2: new
1: teenage version and then the end sign the end was sign for was the for adults. adults. Yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah. was the new era.
0: Look, this is crazy, okay, Dave. Whatever. The next thing you know, those women would be running around giving blessings to ill oxen, right? I mean, come on. What's coming next? Joseph
1: F. Smith's grandmother. Yes, uh, that's the story or his mother, was yeah. it? I think it was his mother. Yeah. Which, uh, she would have been married to Joseph because every woman around back then was married <laughs> To Joseph, and that was the next couple of entries. They even married Uh, some Negro slave uh, post posthumously to Joseph as a servant, as a servant in heaven.
0: Oh my God! Okay, we
1: didn't quite get to it, so i will wet your taste buds for next week.
0: Thank you for wetting it. Um. (laughs) (laughs) So. The second comforter. What the fuck is that? Yeah. So good. question. When you get
1: really cold, you put on a comforter, and then and then when the heater goes out, you got to put on the second a second comforter. Second comforter. That's I, it. End of it makes episode sense to me. Yeah, we're done. How weird is okay. that? Okay. Well, that's our shortest episode ever. Thanks, folks, for hanging in there with
0: us. Check this out, people. Here's all the terms that people have called the second comforter, the second anointing, the second endowment, having your calling and election made sure, being sealed up unto eternal life, receiving the mysteries of the kingdom, the fullness of the priesthood, the more sure word of prophecy, becoming a member of the church of the firstborn. All right. That's what we're talking about. And... Yes, Only
1: one of those is found in the New Testament by the way so just consider yeah, yeah, that for a minute. Yeah.
0: You know, Joseph received uh, more light and knowledge directly from God. One of those mysterious teachings in the church that has kind of a dual meaning to it and we'll talk about this and it will all tie back to the title exclusive mm-hmm. inclusivity which seems like it seems like those terms are Mutually exclusive. Whoa! Uh, <laughs> is it an
1: oxymoron?
0: An oxymormon? What's so I? <laughs> what? Never
1: mind. So here we go. I'm gonna, gonna play... start going down some rabbit holes where all you find is rabbit turds. So Whoa. I just don't want to. So
0: I'm gonna play a little something for you here. Uh, I apologize in advance for how difficult it must have been to listen to this guy when he was alive. Uh, not to mention a recording of him long after he's dead. Nevertheless, it helps to make a point, so we're going to play some tidbits here, from a man known as Marion G. Romney. I probably should have looked up whether or not he's related to Mitt Romney or vice versa, Mitt's related to him. Oh, hell yes, Yeah, of course. Romney is a strong surname. uh, Bloodlines. Yeah, Bloodlines. It's all about it. So... Uh, He gave a talk back in the April 1977 conference about the light of Christ, and he starts getting into this concept of the second comforter, which he calls the more sure word of prophecy. That's when that term is used. Joseph Smith also used the term. We'll get into it. Here's a little tidbit. I've got three tidbits to play. Radio DJ quality voice of Marion G. Romney.
3: Here we go. Three phases of the light of Christ that I want to make some mention. The first one is the light which enlighteneth every man that cometh into the world. And the second phase is the gift of the Holy Ghost. And the third is the more sure word of prophecy. Okay, so here's these three
0: manifestations of the Spirit. The first one is like your conscience, the light of Christ. The second is the gift of the Holy Ghost. You know, you get it when you're eight, usually, if you grow up in the church, after you're baptized, whatever. And then the third, what he calls the sure word of prophecy, which is another word for the second comforter. So let's advance his talk a little bit to a point where he gives a quote from Mm. Joseph Smith about this. So this will kind of kill two birds with one stone,
3: as they say. Poor birds. Here's what Joseph Smith says about it. The third phase of our theme, the more sure word of prophecy, which is obtained by making one's calling and election sure. After, uh, uh. The prophet Joseph Smith said on this subject, after a person has faith in Christ, repents of his sins, and is baptized Mm. for the remissions of his sins, and receives the Holy Ghost by the laying on of hands, then let him continue to humble himself before God, hungering and thirsting after righteousness, and living by every word of God. And the Lord will soon say unto him, Son, thou shalt be exalted. When the Lord has thoroughly proved him and finds that the man is determined to serve him at all hazards, then the man will find his calling and his election made sure to receive the other comforter which the Lord hath promised the saints as is recorded in the testimony of John.
0: Promised the saints, plural, everyone. The quote from Joseph, the whole attitude of that quote being everyone should look for this everyone should strive for this after they get
3: baptized
0: Uh, and there's another thing here we'll jump to the
3: end and i bear further witness that every such person who having come this far who will follow the prophet's admonition to continue to humble himself before god Hungering and thirsting after righteousness and living by every word of God may obtain the more sure word of prophecy.
0: So wow. How many people can
3: obtain that?
1: Everyone.
0: that's right. That's the, the message. whole planet. Yes, so we'll get more into that, because it's very important, and it's all the way back to the namesake of our title today. So we're just talking initially about what this is, what it was, what's been taught. So there's two parts to this. The second comforter is one part, and the second anointing is another part. And the second comforter is how it was originally preached by Joseph Smith, talking about how Later leaders and later doctrine of the Church kind of morphed over time. Of course, that never happens, because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he's not schizophrenic. From the Church website, here's a quick description of what the second comforter is. It says, The Scriptures speak of two comforters. The first is the Holy Ghost, so Romney was just talking about that there. The second comforter is the Lord Jesus Christ. When someone obtains the second comforter— Jesus Christ will appear to him from time to time, will reveal the Father, and will teach him face to face. Okay, that's on the church website.
1: Now, hang on a second, hang on a second. Real quick, I'm just hearkening back to our last episode Mm -hmm. where Joseph claimed to entertain the entire Godhead in this so-called sacred grove. Wouldn't that be called the third comforter?
0: Uh, well, well, he didn't see the Holy Ghost. Think about that.
1: Right? Holy Ghost, first comforter. Oh, but Jesus you mean like Christ, God the Father. Comforter, yeah. God the Father, the third the comforter. The third comforter. It must have been cold as hell in New York.
0: <laughs> well, it was Whatever. in the spring. Okay.
1: You know, nippy. I can't help myself.
0: Nip, nippy outside. No, uh, right, good point. So he had already received the second comforter through the first vision, evidently. He hadn't been baptized yet or anything, but, you know, he was special, whatever. The point here is, what's the background teaching? So I have a quote here from Joseph himself. He brings it up in Doctrine and Covenants 130. So here's a direct quote from Joseph Smith outside of the Doctrine and Covenants. This is from uh, a teaching that he presented that was captured in the teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith book. He says, after a person receives the Holy Ghost, which is the first comforter, then let him continue to humble himself. This is part of what Romney just presented to us. Before God, hungering and thirsting after righteousness, living by every word of God, and the Lord will soon say unto him, Son, thou shalt be exalted. Okay, he said that. When the Lord has thoroughly proved him... Son. Yeah, well, right. Not daughter. Sexist, yes,
1: exactly. (laughs) Anyway, anyway.
0: Um, Then it will be... His privilege to receive—okay, this is the part that Romney didn't say, right? Because we don't want to be too explicit. Then it will be his privilege to receive the other comforter, which the Lord hath promised the saints, and Joseph clarifies that. He literally says here, now what is this other comforter? It is no more nor less than the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Himself. Is that clear? That's pretty clear to me, right? Joseph taught it. Yeah. He's the guy who brought up this topic, right, in his church that he created, right? So this is him. This is the origin. This is the beginning of this doctrine. What is it? It's Jesus visiting you. Done. Now, over time, something happens. Some guy thinks, hey, let's call this a second anointing, and you actually come to the temple, and you get this second anointing. So the first anointing is when you get your endowment. So as David kind of alluded earlier, you have this washing and anointing, they call it.
1: YouTube, Jordan Maxwell, the meaning of the word Christ, Christos, Mm
2: -hmm. uh,
1: the anointed one. There's variations on where its origin is, you know, where it's from. But one of them, the Hebrew version, I guess, is the anointing of not the head with the hair, but the other one... For again, the perpetuation of the species, which is very important throughout history. Yes, including in Mormonism. Hello, have eight kids. Fuck. I mean, yes, and then fuck some more. (laughs) Sorry, that was that was pretty. Sorry.
0: This idea of anointing, and we're not going to go way into that because that's you know kind of like a history lesson versus a podcast on. Mormon craziness. One of the infatuations of the Mormon Church is this idea of anointing uh, with sacred oil, the most common one today, again, being the anointing that you have during the Washington anointing, which is like the be- the preface to your endowment, where you then get dressed, and you go into the temple room, and you go through the temple film, and make all your crazy signs. And,
1: and think, think yes. about the verbiage, just for a second, I guess, be a good time to make this point all of that is preparatory the endowment is all preparatory the verbiage is that you may become a a king or a queen may at the yes. second anointing is you've arrived. you've arrived you are yes now anointed a king or queen a priest a priestess and so forth this language yes and so what does that do to you mentally? If you yeah. haven't been obligated to the church up until that point, you sure as fuck are now. Oh, yeah. Because, oh, yeah. I mean, look at these promises that are being dangled out in front of you.
0: Talk about tying you in. Yeah, and and yeah, that is important, right? So, so somebody creates the idea, in addition to J- Jesus visiting you, you go to the temple, you have this... Second endowment, that's where that comes from, right? Because, again, the first endowment happened. And in the second endowment, right? Joseph Smith and his wife Emma were the first to receive the second anointing, so it was during his lifetime that this second anointing... I thought they made it up completely after his lifetime, so he had to be part of creating it, because he created all the other temple stuff... So the point is, though, I guess what I'm driving at in the difference of Joseph, and you'll see this in, in the end when we talk about a modern example that someone has shared who had this second anointing that we're going to share with you guys, okay? Wow. That, that's what we're bringing it to. We'll, we'll talk about that. The difference then, I guess, isn't that the second anointing actually took place, but that this whole idea of Jesus visiting you, well... That may have gotten lost in translation somewhere, I guess. we'll we'll talk about that. So the initial second Doesn't anointing happen. took place on September 28, 1843, when Joseph and his wife Emma received it. During Smith's lifetime, the second anointing was given, they think, to at least 20 people, 20 men and 17 women. That's Young, so Brigham Young... <laughs> readministered the ordinance to many of those who had received it under Joseph. Like, well, that wasn't good enough. Here it is again. So he delegated his—he being Brigham Young—delegated his authority to others who performed nearly 600 second anointings before, no shit. Yeah, okay. be- before the temple was wow. closed on February 7th, 1846. So then he ta- uh, this guy talks about the 1880s when John Taylor—so this is funny— mm-hmm. Then President of the Church John Taylor was concerned that too many second anointings were being performed
1: <laughs> because it's it, got to be exclusive, even right. though it's even though everyone should have inclusive. it inclusive.
0: And he instituted <laughs> a series of procedural safeguards requiring recommendation by a stake president and a guideline that the ordinance quote belonged particularly to old men unquote. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, oh my, my god. god, yeah, Dude. exactly. But Is check that this out revealing or what?
1: Oh, yeah, check this oh, out. Geez. So, in
0: 1901, Lorenzo Snow, so President Lorenzo Snow, further limited accessibility to the ordinance by outlining stringent criteria for worthiness. So, now it's getting more exclusive. Mm. Mm. So, yeah, we go on by 1918. So, now we're in the Heber J. Grant era. Over fourteen thousand mm-hmm. second anointings had been performed for the living and the Easy. dead. So they're performing these for the dead too. So they're in the waiting room right now. They're in spirit paradise. Okay. Right. Somebody comes yeah. in with a note and they say, "Shh, sh, here." And they, what? What? What's this note? And they open the note. And it says, "You have been promoted <laughs> to." to <laughs> by the way, when you're done waiting, you get to go directly to the doctor's office. Right. You don't have to go through administration so the ceremony this guy talks about it your body is washed and anointed just like it is in the initial endowment here's the difference though uh there's two parts so that's the first part and then an officiator does that so one of the 12 apostles usually does that in this special second Mm -hmm. right so they wash and we'll talk about a guy again i told you that had this happen i'll tell you who did it you know and what happened so that's the first part, you get washed and anointed. Then the second part, this is a little different, this doesn't happen in the endowment, it happens without an officiator, usually a man and a woman are getting this at the same time, okay? That's, that's important. They go into a special room, like a sealing room or whatever in the temple, and the wife quote-unquote symbolically prepares her husband for his death and resurrection,
1: All right. That sounds Egyptian.
0: It kind of does, doesn't it? Like she's going to wrap it in Yeah, (laughs) I just,
1: I I hadn't heard that part. And I just flashed back to the rites of passage and so forth with the Egyptians. Uh And people think they were fascinated with death. No, actually, they were were fascinated with life. They were afraid of (laughs) death. By the way, nobody imparts immortality. Mm -hmm. It's an inherent part of your being. This thing called eternal life is a certain type of life, as taught in Mormonism, where you know you get the best of the fruitcake and yeah. so forth. Yeah, it's not eternal... just cookies, but really kick-ass cookies. Right, uh, right. Okay. They make a
0: they make a distinction between like immortality, everlasting life, and eternal in quotes life. With eternal life meaning right. godlike life. Right, like God, like God God the Father, celestial. Okay, so back to this, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, cats and dogs living together. Um, you know, so then, then you have, so here's some clarity. You, You touched on this a little, David. So, what is this all about? So, here's some quotes the first anointing refers to washing, anointing part of the endowment. We got it. Second anointing, on the other hand, participants are anointed as a king and priest or queen and priestess, says Brigham Young. will then have received the fullness of the priesthood, all that can be given on earth. So you've got all of it. You have all the priesthood right now that you can ever get while you're on earth. Bruce R. McConkie, the infamous, uh, you know what his voice sounds like now when I listen, that expounding type voice style, vocal style. I think of the announcer that announces the big boxing
1: matches You know? Except he's not that charismatic. (laughs) Right. He's not that
0: charismatic. But, you know, I could just see Bruce R. up there. And then the father shall say, let's get ready to rumble. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Okay. So this is what Bruce R. says. And this goes back to what you said earlier, David. The first anointing promises blessings in the afterlife contingent on the patron's faithfulness. The second anointing actually bestows those blessings. So that's the difference. Like, if you're faithful, you get this. And then the second anointing is like, oh, you were faithful enough. You, you got you it. You got it. All right. So we fast forward a little. We go through time. By 1949, nearly 33,000 of these anointings had been performed, But as general authorities eventually deprived local leaders the discretion to recommend the anointing, so like stake presidents couldn't do it anymore, you had to get the First Presidency approval, the practice became increasingly rare and is nearly non-existent today. Well,
1: yes, but we know that
0: it happens. They
1: weren't—the local guys weren't really that inspired? Okay. Okay. That's kind of what I'm getting there.
0: I think it has more to do with the schedule, the golf, the tee time, you know, for the general authorities. Ah, Yeah.
1: Can I fit this in between hole six and seven?
0: Are we still talking about religion? Can I? Oh,
1: wait a minute. minute.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, look, I'll tell you why I think that when we talk about the guy who had it happen and he shares the experience and I'll share some quotes and you guys will be like, what the fuck? That's pretty much it. So in 2012, this is going to lead us to the next part here. Former stake president Thomas Phillips went public, and he was a guest on the Mormon Stories podcast with John DeLynn, some 45-hour episode or whatever. He gave an account (laughs) on the second anointing performed by the highest leaders of the church with Thomas and his wife. I'm going to read snippets from Tom's letter, okay? Not before I share a couple more quotes though. So Ezra Tapp Benson in October 1986 quote, "Now there is a lifetime goal to walk in his steps, to perfect ourselves in every virtue as he has done to seek his face and to work to make our calling and election sure." Everyone, Ooh, there it is. Everyone should be doing this. We already read Joseph Smith. He said, he, the way he stated it, it's everybody, right? Should be. I think we made it clear. Everybody's supposed to get this. It has two pieces, right? They don't happen much anymore because they restricted it. But why would you restrict it if everybody's supposed to get it? So let's talk about Thomas Phillips really quick here. Here's the deal. He met in April 02. So this has been a while ago now, okay, when it actually all came down. He went in April 2002. With Elder Harold G. Hillam of the First Quorum of the Seventy, he says uh, he called him into his office. He wanted to invite him to receive a, quote, special blessing. He asked whether i had heard of the second endowment, to which I replied, no. He told me very few people receive this blessing, and it must be kept secret. He said if the general membership knew about it, there would be problems. Okay, wait a minute. (laughs) Don't they already know about it? People have been preaching it from the pulpit. We just played some audio. We just read some quotes that were said over the pulpit. Like, what? Anyway, <laughs> he said, this is why there would be problems. More would want to receive the ordinance than the apostles have time to accommodate.
1: Oh, I know. Expand the quorum of the 12 to the quorum of the 72. Oh, there you times go. Time six, you know, or something like that. Yeah. That's easy. Well, I I told you, tea time. The church is still being restored, so we can get a new revelation. The Quorum of the Twelve is now the Quorum of the Seventy-two, or maybe the 144, along with the J-dubs. Never
0: mind. whole other comparison. Yeah, so tea time, right? Don't want to get involved in the Apostles' Golf Time, so... uh, But here's... (laughs) So he says, and members, members would wonder why so and so had received it, but they had not. Okay. Wow. You're a
1: fucking loser. And You're then he, a said, loser.
0: he said, Thomas w- must not even tell his children. He said, I should just tell them that their mother and I were going away for the day or weekend. Okay. Elder Helen promised me it would be a life-changing experience. He said the ordinance was performed in Joseph Smith's time but had been discontinued during President David O. McKay's time, which historically shows that was probably true. This resulted in only two of the then apostles, Harold B. Lee and Spencer Kimball, having had this ordinance on the death of President Joseph Fielding Smith. Wow, only a couple of the apostles. What the? He said it was therefore reintroduced. See, and that was
1: one, one of my conclusions was that Every member of the 12 would have naturally received this. You would think prior to, or, or just after their call. Yeah. Oh, okay. You're, you're a member of the 12. Now we're going to go do this. It's an an ordinance, which ties you in at an even deeper level. You feel that much more special Mm -hmm. and committed to the cause. Right. You get my point, I guess. Yeah.
0: And if you're going to be a special witness of Jesus Christ you need to go see right, you right. need to go see Jesus right like if you haven't had that happen yet let's go in let's have this let's have Jesus appear which is part of well, part of if part you of can't this.
1: get him to show up can yeah. you please at least show me one of my favorite paintings of him <laughs>
0: So here's the thing. Right. So this is why this guy says it was therefore reintroduced and is still practiced today because we at least have to get all the apostles to have it. Come on. Right. So then we go on. He says, Thomas says, I did not like lying to my family and friends as to our whereabouts that weekend. Well, of course. I did not feel comfortable, as it was dishonest, but uh, when I was instructed not to disclose what was happening, to tell people you will be at the temple on a Sunday when supposedly all temples are closed, so they had him go on a Sunday, would raise further questions. I therefore told my children we were going to the temple for the weekend and would be attending a special meeting with Elder Ballard which is the 12, the guy from the 12 that was there, and the area president on Sunday. This was not too unusual for my children to accept, as I regularly attended area presidency meetings and had been assisting the same brethren the day before at a training session for stake presidents. Also, it and was... D-
1: d- he's from England, by the way. So was it right. the Preston this Temple? This was in England. I'm getting the name. Yeah,
0: I forget where.
1: Yeah, at that time, there was probably one temple in England. Maybe two. In know two. Anyway, yeah, that's maybe. In the, yeah. That's an aside. It doesn't uh, matter.
0: Also, it was as truthful as I considered I could be, while still keeping the second anointing secret. <laughs> Alrighty. So uh, there, there's,
1: there, there's the seeds of the mind fuck. Oh yeah, it continues uh, again. It's I can't help but commenting on it. What the fuck? I know. The greatest, most important things that this God that you worship wants you to know are a secret. Yeah. What? Yeah. I know. Oh, I know. Oh, sign me up.
0: Yeah, that's part of the mindfucking.
1: I can't wait to give my life to this
0: shit. <laughs> While walking in the temple grounds in the early evening, we unexpectedly met a member of our ward. Uh oh who had attended a family wedding that day, she asked us, what are you doing at the temple on a Saturday evening? I quickly mentioned something about area presidency meetings. She knew of my calling at the time, that I worked closely with the area presidency, and changed the subject. Again, I did not feel comfortable lying for the Lord. <laughs> right. So here we go. Let's let's go through
1: this. So he this won't is... make a member of the Twelve then?
0: Well, no. Well, he's yeah, he's gone now, so he's going to outer darkness. So here, check this out. I got to share some of this. So Elder Ballard was the guy in the Twelve that, that washed, right. you know, anointed right. him and his wife, because it has to be one of the Twelve. Elder Ballard explained what would be happening. We were to have our feet washed and be anointed by him. He was acting under the direction of the prophet, President Gordon B. Hinckley. So again, O2. O- we would then be allocated a ceiling room for each couple to be alone and perform the second part of the ordinance. We would then all meet again with Elder Ballard in the celestial room. So that's what he was told. So then... What happened is once they did the washing and anointing and his wife, you know, was went with him in the room, you know how the other quote said she quote unquote prepares the husband for resurrection and whatever? Well evidently what they're doing now is the wife lays her hands on the husband's head and gives him a blessing according to the spirit.
1: Oh, Fuck it, that's it. I'm going to join. Crazy. I'm going to rejoin the church.
0: All of a sudden, so this is the only time <laughs> on earth when a woman can actually <laughs> exercise her priesthood acceptably is by and, the second anointing. Yes. You're like, what?
1: And this is this is the teaching is that there is no priesthood for women outside of the temple, mm-hmm. but within, they have access. Yeah. Wouldn't it be priestesshood, not priesthood?
0: Priest priestesshood. Yeah, you're right. I think it would be. Yeah. So check this out. The blessing from Ballard when he did the wash anointing, they got a blessing too. Sealing power to bind and loose, curse and bless. You have that power now. You have the blessings of oh, yeah. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yeah, that's the same as the normal. You have the Holy Spirit... So you can raise
1: sheep successfully. Sure. Okay. Yeah.
0: The Holy Spirit of promise is bestowed on you, whatever that means. You're blessed to live as long a life as you desire. When when you you don't desire to live anymore, you can just die, I guess. You're blessed to attain unto the Godhood. Your power to be a member of a Godhead bestowed upon you. What the... A member of a Godhead...
1: <laughs> yeah. You're sealed up well, to
0: eternal life.
1: Who know who knows how many members are in any given Godhead anymore? Well, who knows? So yeah, yeah. you might you might be a low ranking member, but <laughs> don't let that bother you.
0: And then finally, he was blessed with the power to have the heavens opened at his command.
1: Ah Wow. This reminds I've had me that happened to me. Yeah. Well haven't you? Haven't you had the heavens open to you? You talk about the bathroom? You got really wet, right? I did. I was <laughs> soaked.
0: Oh, right. Yeah. Outside.
1: Yeah. Sure. Never mind. No, I... My weak, feeble no. attempt at humor. Raining.
0: Well, he's like, let it be rain. It's like the, ul- the the ultimate Native American rain dance, I guess, is what he was blessed with. <laughs> um, yeah. So, crazy shit, right? And then here's the thing. A little time after this life-changing experience, Elder Hillam asked me to nominate two couples I knew to receive this ordinance. (laughs) Because, you know, it's like like calling a bishop, (laughs) you know? yeah, We're not going to do it. You do it. I took this charge very seriously. I asked Elder Hillam what qualities I should consider. He answered, find another you, mature people who have been tried and tested, yet remain absolutely committed and dedicated to the church. Uh, In other
1: words, have that goddamn tethers tightened around their neck. Right. That's who they're looking for. That's right. People who are so bereft of self-esteem or self-identity or worth that they're completely joined to an entity. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. This church is an entity. Yeah, it is. The- Would you agree? I I mean, we we know it's a corporation. It's an entity. It's a living fucking thing. It's like a goddamn alien.
0: This smacks of Scientology the OT levels, right? And the highest OT level would be the second anointing, right? You can't talk about it. It's there. It's available for everybody. You see it like on the progression sheet. That they post of here's the ot levels right that you could progress to it's out there but it's just shh. you know if you get it you can't tell anybody is it for everybody or is it not is it exclusive right so that's one issue of a mindfuck but then you also have the disappointment so thomas ends up here at the end of this experience explaining you know as he looked back to what happened, he thought of what Joseph Smith's mm-hmm. teachings were, right? And he's like, wait a minute. Yeah. I where was Jesus? He he said, previously I had assumed if anyone made sure they're calling an election, it was received at a personal visit from Jesus Christ.
1: Which And rightly
0: so he should have because assumed because
1: that was the teaching. That's
0: the teaching, right? So yeah. when he went, he he talks about like I expected, you know, that's fine if apostles
1: there, right, elder Ballard, so, whatever.
0: But he expected Jesus uh, imagine, to show imagine
1: up. Imagine the mixed feelings of elation. Number one, having an apostle grovel down at your toenails, uh, and and then of the opposite of well, where the fuck's Jesus? Where's Jesus? Wait, right? yeah, it might. Okay, I'm actually worthy for this anointing and so forth, but maybe not quite worthy enough well, so he's still yeah. mind fucked well and he's mind fucked he's
0: mind fucked the whole time from like one phase to the next so then he thought yeah well after Ballard's done right and we go into the ceiling room with my wife and I that's where Jesus will come in right cuz it's private oh. you know it's personal okay. and and that didn't happen either right and it's like so he loved the experience, right? He's with his wife and he's like, "Wow, this is no, really spiritual."
1: I, I recall. You know, but to your point. Yeah.
0: He he thinks about it again later and he's like, "I don't get it." Like all this <laughs> was was the second anointing. It wasn't the first part of Jesus coming. Like what isn't that what <laughs> Joseph taught, right? Should be happening?
1: So and so I'm, I'm going to be yeah. silly again. Do you remember the movie Big with Tom Hanks?
0: Oh yeah, of course, yeah
1: where he's a kid in a full grown body
0: Uh
2: and he
1: goes into these, these corporate headquarters and they present this new toy they're going to manufacture to make a million dollars. And he says, I don't get it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of my favorite lines where one of his, you know, then adversaries also vying for that special position that he now retained with the boss He's saying, you don't just walk in and say, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Imagine if he said that in okay. the ceremony to Ballard. I, I don't get it. Where, where's Jesus? Where's Big J? Right? <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. Where is he? <laughs> is he here, and I just I don't just see him yet? Or, I mean, yeah, so crazy. So we're, back to the point. Joseph teaches about it. Everyone should seek it. You need it for the celestial kingdom. Okay, that, it, that's all—all all the teaching together, but yet there's a stigma around it. It's this guarded, well-kept secret. It's mysterious. So how can you have it be both, right? And again, we're back to the mindfuck. We're gonna dangle this golden carrot out for all the members. You should be chasing this. You all are able to get it. You all have to get it to get to the special. Can- this is, you know, you have to have that second comforter. By the way, hide the carrot. What carrot? Right. It, what? Which is it? Which is it? And I
1: recall now a story I'm you told, David. Now images of Elmer Fudd and Bugs Bunny. <laughs> right, with the carrot. What's up, Doc? Is this a lot different than that? No. I don't think so. No, it's kind of a Warner I'm hunting Brothers. Rabbit. Yeah. And he keeps fucking with him and hide, uh, you know, hiding the carrot and everything. Mind games. Anyway. Yeah,
0: Warner Brothers cartoons. Uh, I think in ending, Dave, of your experience that you shared, when you're on your mission, right, you go over to this guy's house from the ward that you had had a rapport with. You guys were talking about cool stuff. You're like, hey, let me look something up over here. And he says, yeah, let me open my file cabinet for you. You're going well, through the file cabinet well, well, Right. And what happened? Let me just
1: say this, that there's a small percentage, and he would fall into that category of people, we want to know. Yeah. And I ran into one of those people and he had a file cabinet full of shit. Yeah. And I'm thumbing through documents and different things and I pulled out this manila folder entitled Second Anointings and we're talking and, and I started to read it. And he come over and says, "Oh, hey, what? Oh, hang on, you're not ready for that. Put that back in the cabinet." (laughs) So now, what are you, my own personal Jesus Christ? You're my judge. Yeah. You, you're able to, you know, tell me what I'm worthy to read or (laughs) be aware of. I already had something on my radar, or I wouldn't have picked that subject out.
2: Yeah. Right.
1: And I thought, yeah, fuck yeah, I wanna know more. So that again, it's like, Oh, what do we know about that subject? Oh, sh- very guarded, sh- very secret, kept underground. So it's kept in one of those granite vaults up in Little Cottonwood Canyon, maybe, I don't know.
0: But but You talk about it over <laughs> the pulpit, you say it's available for everybody. Somebody sees a file, Oh, oh, be careful with that. You're like, What which is it? Like Yeah. Oh, it's I a complete, might. It's what, a complete mind kill plug.
1: myself because yeah, yeah. I. Oh, I can't handle it. Oh, I can't handle yeah. that knowledge. Fuck! Give me a knife. I'm done.
0: And then people say, <laughs> <laughs> "Yeah, you'll die if you read that. You'll be God will strike you dead on the spot. <laughs> Zap! You know it's like 144,000 in the JWs. They've already been chosen. They're already been chosen to receive, you know, the highest glory, whatever, with God. So why would you keep working toward it?
1: unless you know that you're one of those. And again, which is the worst mind fuck to know that you're, you're in that group, for instance, and then go, well, now what do I do? Right. God, I can't, I can't fuck up at all. I, uh, I'm, I'm already sealed up until eternal life. I, I can't do anything wrong. Gee, What kind of a terrible life would that be? And then the other one where, Oh, I, Yes, we're I not worthy. I haven't had it I yet. Just
0: didn't make the cut. Yeah, I haven't seen Jesus yet. And here's the thing, right? Even when you're yeah. in the group that knows, and this is where Thomas, Tom Phillips fell into and why he eventually left the church. And that's a whole other thing that we could actually have a cool episode on. His, his conversations with Elder Holland are amazingly hilarious and actually very insightful <laughs> about Holland uh, and prove that he's a grumpy old asshole. But uh, the point is, like, so Tom gets this, right? And we said his first disappointment is, wait a minute, Jesus wasn't there. So then the disappointments continue, right? Like, he's promised these powers. You're promised powers when you're a top OT in Scientology. Over life and death. You can, like, in Scientology, you're supposed to be able to, like, be telepathic, telekinetic, you know, heal yourself. Like, there's crazy shit powers you're supposed to get when you're these high OT levels, never happens there's the disappointment and then they have to try to and you
1: know, if it doesn't happen guess whose fault it is exactly
0: cognitive dissonance back to it yes so tom yep. i'm sure he's realized he can't open the heavens at his command i'm sure he's realized he doesn't have <laughs> these powers right to buy to to bless and curse by the power of god you know um
1: and uh, so that's yeah. one of my favorite godly powers, by the way, is to cursing curse someone. People. Yeah, because that's what gods do—they well, go around cursing yeah. Righteous people. curse,
0: righteous curse.
1: Wait a minute. So that's not just voodoo <laughs> or black magic. Oh, no, okay. No, when the, no, guy, it, the guy Dr. cuts Dr. You, Dr. you off. Okay, I'm sorry. I he, didn't realize.
0: Yeah, when he cuts you off on the road, and you, you know, you're like, "I hereby curse your testicles to fall off." Well, Tom found out. <laughs> They didn't fall off, right? So he's like, "Damn it, I already blow it." Like, am I?
1: No, you're a week uh, late. They yeah. fell off last.
0: <laughs> Another ultimate mind fuck. Hey, this is inclusive for everyone. Not, nah, it's exclusive. It, what, what? And it's still happening. They're still doing this ordinance, but don't tell the other members about it.
1: I, Michael, I didn't want to reveal this, but they told me that even in my fallen state. Dude, I, I got an appointment. Yeah. <laughs> Saint George Temple, twelve thirty, March seventeenth. Okay. Uh I would invite you, but I'm sorry, it's exclusive. I know. And I I don't i I'm not even married, so this is really weird. You're
0: not even supposed to so tell me I'm about expecting it.
1: Expecting to meet Mary Magdalene. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. We'll get this shit straightened right out.
0: Oh my God. All right, guys. Well, another creepy, weird, mind fucked teaching of the church. The ultimate milk-before-meat ordinance.
1: <laughs> Beautifully said. Beautifully said. All right, guys. Love you.
0: Talk to you next week. Peace out, huh?
1: I love you, people.